Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford. I am a coach, a trainer and a mentor living in Scotland but working globally. Today I have with me um, a beautiful soul, a little ball of fun and tenaciousness who I have met over the years at various conferences, especially in Spain. A woman who, who has deeply touched my soul because despite many adverse events in her life, she always shows up with love, with humour and with this gorgeous openness to life. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to meet Amanda O'Shea. Bless you, Jackie. What a lovely, lovely introduction. A pleasure. Thank you for inviting me to be part of your unashamedly. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that I got it out first time. Unashamedly human? Yes. Podcast? Yeah, absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. (laughs) Amanda, tell people what you do, because I mean, what, what you've been doing over the last couple of years is really quite interesting. Yeah, so um, I'm originally from West London, made of Al, that's where it all started off. Um, a bit of a, uh, a travelling soul, so I did lots of travelling and ended up in Spain 13 years ago. Drove over here in my camper van with two children who have now flown the nest and are off, uh, off in uh, doing their own thing. Um, I have been, came across this understanding in about 2012 and since then it just was one of those natural kind of it took its own path so 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 from there um so i have been i was a holistic therapist for many years and sort of slipped into the coaching but the last few years really have been um where i have pretty much every day been sharing you know what we commonly know as the, the three principles and I did that on a radio show, which I had a few years ago, which was wonderful. And I'm going back on the radio shortly, actually, doing a well-being series, just local radio, community radio. But for the last three years, I've been involved with a recovery centre, addiction centre. And for two and a half years, I've been there full time. And that has been incredible. You know, to, it's really been a, an, an honour to have been able to um, to get into the world of recovery, sharing what I share. Um, and I don't know of any other recovery centre in Europe that has got the three principles on its programme. Um, but if there is, please let me know. And um, and so to have worked to work with people who come into residential care, maybe for um, minimum two weeks, but normally it's sort of 28 days, three months, five months, we've had eight months. And being able to, to watch people 
um, transform, you know what it's like, Jackie, if you have people mm-hmm. on a three-day retreat, you know how much you see them yeah. um, And also to see the resistance mm-hmm. and also to see, um, so it's not always like, oh, this super, like, great story. I just told them about three principles and then they were, <laughs> yeah. and then they were transformed. It doesn't work like that, you know, not in my, not in my experience, not in my world. Um, so, being it's been quite full on actually i've got a plan to go part-time uh next year mm-hmm. because being at that end of addiction and, and really seeing something i thought i knew a lot about addiction you know and then i've really really been able to see deeper but it's brought me back to having this want to work or this wish to share this message with with our younger generation so that has been um a pull seeing where they where we end up if we mm-hmm. go down um, a route of unhealthy habits falling into what i would call addictions where mm-hmm. brain has really got hold of a message that says you need something when you when you don't really but it yeah. appears like that or a chemical kind of addiction but when um to see where people end up and and we have big stories you know i listen to big stories that come through the door and people have ended up in hospitals and in courts and in, you know, police stations or in jail or in, in rehabs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, found themselves where, where they just are really at the sort of, I suppose, the depths of their, of their addiction. Or their family thinks they are and there's been an intervention. And, um, but, but basically, people that have, have lost a lot, they've lost maybe their own self-respect, they've lost what they would feel lost themselves, they've um, burnt bridges, maybe they're, you know, they're, 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 on a, they're on an ultimatum, sort your life out, or I'm not sticking around by wives or husbands or girlfriends, or children are not speaking to them, or they've upset their, you know, their business colleagues or they've they've lost their money I mean all sorts of big stories um but they're still stories yeah they're still stories <laughs> so that's kind of where, where I've been and, and I think one day a few months ago I was sat in in the treatment center and I, and I heard again the same story like oh when I was 12 and when I was 13 when I was 14 and I just had this pull to kind of like I really feel like I should be speaking with the 12, 13 and 14 year olds because it really looks like that's where the problem started and it really looks like um, the misunderstanding, I suppose, that was starting to surface at that mm-hmm. point kind of led them to this place to, um, to reach out for something, mm-hmm. be that alcohol, drug, sex, whatever it is, to... to feel like it covered up uh, um, something that was uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so um so that got me excited then to kind of um look out there and um yeah we're doing our first iheart train in spain in january so the iheart team are flying out here and uh, to train up 10 people locally so so that's you know so we're introducing that into into spain and um and so that feels really exciting mm-hmm. and so a change you know a change for me also yeah change for me also so that's pretty much what's what in a nutshell has been has been happening in my world and I've also found myself at home alone 
because my daughter permanently has moved to Barcelona with the two dogs. So I guess that's the experience again of, um, of this, you hear about the emptiness syndrome. Um, and, it, and it almost happened about three years ago when Alice moved to London to, to, um, to go to a music school over there. And I was home alone for six weeks and I burnt the house down. <laughs> 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 no, that's meant to be the other way around, isn't it? Like the parents go away and it's like to the teenagers, please don't burn the house down. <laughs> and of course it wasn't that I did it, but that's what, that's what literally happened was that, you know, I had a huge house fire about two and a half years ago. And um, so that makes us laugh when it's kind of like, oh, what's, what's she going to get up to now? But, uh, yeah, but I remember when that happened, Amanda, you know, you were so serene about it. There were probably was moments in there when you, you weren't serene, <clears throat> but to the outside world, it was kind of like it was just things. Yeah, I, I pretty was, ser- I mean, I uh, was serene, really. It, it was, I, I don't know if it really, if it really, um, if it really shocked me there was it's really there was an interesting time i had to go and put my insurance claim in mm-hmm. um and i didn't have huge insurance do you know you have that story like i don't really have much mm-hmm. you know like as in personal belongings anyway i had whatever the minimal is that you would take out because I, because i had to as part mm-hmm. of, of the contract because it wasn't my house i was renting it was renting a house i've only ever rented since i've been in state mm-hmm. but i remember going into the insurance company and in front of the lady, I started crying. And I came out of there and, I, and the tears stopped. And I had that conversation like, did you just act that? Like, did that really just, you know, come from, like, was that something you have been holding in or whatever? Mm-hmm. Just an act to, to try and push your, your insurance claim through. It was interesting for me because there was a couple of times that happened where it was suddenly it got me, you know, something just, yeah. and I don't, I don't know if, if it was kind of a, I don't know, something at play, like, oh, let's, you know, you can't pretend it's all right and you're not bothered and they're just things here because it's kind of helpful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, we talk about it's all a show and we're always acting. It's like, well, was that, was that just an act, you know? But yeah, sometimes it gets, sometimes, it's funny, isn't it? I, I joined a gospel choir last year and I was at gospel practice last night and it's, lo- it's amazing. I love it. It's one of the, like, I'm, I'm, my happiness really shines through when we're either at practice or like doing some performance. But last night we were singing this gospel song and, um, and the words just got me. Mm. They just got me. I've got a funeral to go to later today, which is a friend of mine's father who passed away peacefully at 91 the weekend. So it's a sort of a, a you know, a, a, a feels a very, um, there's a sadness that's beautiful because mm-hmm. of his, his time and that's, and that's lovely. But something caught me in that song and I picked, I kind of imagined the funeral today and I imagined then my mind went boom, boom, boom. Oh, like I've got, I've got you know, I've got all that to come or, or you know, what if that was my dad or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And suddenly this lump in my throat, it just, it, it kind of engaged me with tears. It's like, oh, I couldn't sing. And it's like, I didn't see that coming. Mm. And it just kind of engulfs us, right? 
Yeah. Like we could be doing, having a normal moment and a more, that was more of a sad feeling to it, but a joyous thing can just overwhelm us in something like watching a, a bird splashing in a puddle. I don't know. Yeah. But it's beautiful what you're pointing to, Amanda, because it's life living through us. You know, we, we can think that we can control this, but, but we can't. We can't really. Yeah. Because we're always going to be caught out by emotions running through us that, that are just meant to be there. It's meant to happen. Yeah, it's true. And it's I true. love that. I love, I love, you know, what you're describing there of moments of joy and then all of a sudden our thinking, <laughs> you know, there's thinking, feeling connection, all of a sudden we're somewhere else and we've transcended time and <laughs> you know, space and matter and all of a sudden we're in this different space and we're feeling life so deeply, yeah. even though whatever we're thinking hasn't happened yet. Yeah, because it is that, isn't it? I think the word, like there was some words in this song which was like, I don't know, I'll always be there for you or something. I just, oh. uh, like, <laughs> and I wonder, is that, you know, is that why we do that? Is that why we play those kind of songs at funerals or at weddings? I think like, it is to help people grieve. I mean, honestly, think back to your youth when, you know, you were having a relationship with someone and the relationship just went wrong or it ended. What did you do? Did you play happy songs? Oh, and, and you play that sad song for about six months, right? Exactly, <laughs> over and over and over again. So you're, you're in this living hell and you're perpetuating it by playing it again and again and again. But that's what we do with our minds as well, isn't it? It's like that scenario, that story, we play over and over and over again, innocently. Yeah, do you remember that, Jackie? Do you? Oh God, yes. I'm just thinking as you say that now, so there's this, um, I remember breaking up with somebody that I really believed was my soulmate, and it was a David Gray album, White Ladder. So it wasn't so long ago. It was like a, it wasn't I wasn't like when I was young. It was, you know, it was whenever that was away, maybe fifteen or twenty years ago, that kind of time. And oh my goodness, I played the whole album. And and when I hear it now, we were we were on a, a retreat. Um, I was on a retreat earlier this year and our yoga teacher, Kate, plays like sweet tunes to her yoga, not like, 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 like yoga tunes that I hear before. Just, and that song came on, Babylon, from David Gray. And again, there it goes. Memory, <gasps> <laughs> right? Uh-huh. It's so interesting for me because how I, how I would have recorded that memory back then would have been recorded, if you like, or snapshotted or videoed at the level of consciousness that I was hanging about in my experience. Mm-hmm. So, so with pure like devastation of can't believe that ha- happened, you know, and and it's always that horrible kind of story of finding it like like it was horrible. It was like finding out that they were seeing somebody else, mm. and that sort of suspicion, and then the kind of finding it out, which is horrible for anybody. But that's, that's, that's not a nice position to, to be in. So it comes with all of that. All of that. Like what just happened was that happened, right? At the moment, that must have seemed right for the other person. And the image that I had of this being my soulmate, <laughs> again, <Yeah. laughs> another soulmate, like, you know, another love of my life or whatever it was, was not the story in their head. And maybe it never was from the beginning of that. 
Yeah. And they found themselves in, in, in something else that showed up for them. I can see that now. But at the time, not only is it the whole, the, the anger, the frustration, the how could you do that to me, the, the it's not fair, the what's wrong with me, mm -hmm. what's she got that I haven't got, what, all of that now gets like, you know, or they got tangled up in this, like, you've only got to mention that name. So, you know, so this guy was called Julian. And, and when there's another Julian mentioned, boom, all comes back. <laughs> Even though I'm all right with it. Right, or the song, but no. boom, it's back. So for those sort of reasons, I am so happy that I came across people like you and people that, you know, introduced me and towards this feeling of, wow, I took that very personally and very seriously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so innocently, isn't it? It's, it? I always remember, and, and I, love, I love these kind of stories because, you know, we're all the same. We've all been there. We've all had these relationships that didn't quite work out. And I think I went from sad tunes to the sort of the power tunes, you know, the I will survive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh, go, walk out the door. <laughs> Exactly. It's all this sort of drama, you know, this sort of relationships are drama in your head because that's the way you think they're meant to be. Anyway, I always remember reading something and it was in The Missing Link, um, Amanda, and it really cleared things up for me. And it was when Sid says, the mind and the brain are completely different. The mind is spiritual and the brain is biological. Our brains are there to store and retrieve information and to help balance the systems in our body. Okay, just as a, you know, the control center really. That's it. Yeah. The mind and its spiritual nature is infinite. It's endless, it's, the possibilities are huge. It doesn't judge, it doesn't care. And my brain loves to store and retrieve information and then thinks it's being helpful by bringing it up in the moment like when you said, when you heard the name Julian or when you hear a piece of music, it says, oh, I recognize this. Here's this information. But it's old stale thought, isn't it? It is. It's so true. Have you seen the movie Inside Out? The yes. Uh -huh. For me, that really is, you know, that really is um, pointing to truth. And, and I love that. It's my favorite movie. I watch 50, you know, I, I propose that 55-year-old or 60-year-old businessman watch that. They're like, this is a cartoon, not a no. <laughs> <laughs> but people have had such a huge, you know, watching mm -hmm. that because that is what, what happens. And I think probably that's one of the biggest things I find myself talking about in, with relation to addiction is I am not talking about the brain. Mm -hmm. What I am talking about when I talk about thought is not, I'm not talking about the brain and so it brings true to me that addiction or, or these unhealthy habits begin start and start and end in the brain so it's almost like your brain's addicted your physical body's addicted but who you are is not addicted so when i ask that question what is thought or where does thought come from if we're doing i, I do a workshop which is what is thought mm -hmm. and i use jack premsky's children's book mm -hmm. i read to them and uh um, and we explore that. And I think when I, when I point to that, that is the, when I point to that, you know, thought coming before the brain, actually the brain believes a thought to be true and then runs with it like mm -hmm. it's true. 
When I point to that, that is where I get the most kind of quizzical looks. You know, people are, you watch people kind of, the brain, thought the brain, like you see them just sort of mm -hmm. working out. Because I do, I don't know when suddenly it 100% occurred to me that, that it wasn't my brain producing my thinking, but I don't think it was that long ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was, when I really got to see that was when I was introduced to the principles. Mm -hmm. That we're not talking about the brain here, we're talking about what happens before the brain. Mm -hmm. that's, huge, that's a huge point for me to, to cover. Yeah. And, and it's true, you know, the, what, that's how I see it, like what you pointed to there, that something could have happened way back in our childhood or early teenagers or our first relationship, which, and wisdom would have played out to have protected us maybe from more of an innocent situation where we might have had to um, hide, mm -hmm. lie, run, um, act sad, act scared, you know, acted angry. Mm -hmm. That might have been from a, from a healthy fear protection sort of place. It might have kicked something to, to protect us if you imagine an innocent child in a situation, for example. But if our brain has gone, right, that's what we do as a habit every time that kind of situation occurs, Mm -hmm. As we roll into young adulthood or, or into our into adulthood, and we're you know, and we're still using like a without realizing it a technique or something mm -hmm. to cope with a similar situation where it doesn't serve us well. Then it doesn't serve us well. If we if we needed to scream and shout as a as a toddler to get noticed, or as a young child to get noticed or whatever it was, and we're still doing that when we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s. It does, it's not too attractive. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. And I think for me, Amanda, recognising that, that our brains are not fully formed until we're about 24, 25. I know, and I heard the other day somebody was talking about 28. Mm. So that was the first time I'd heard it. Yeah. That late, you know, I don't know what the truth is, but I do know that it's, it's in our 20s. Absolutely. So everything, every experience that we've had until that point, we're laying down memories innocently, unconsciously, with the understanding of how life works at that age. Yeah. So <clears throat> to an eight-year-old who's had a bad experience with um, a relative, perhaps they're being abused, they're laying down that memory through the eyes of an eight-year-old child. Yeah. with their level of understanding of how life works. And with the brain really feeling it's been the big, the, you know, the protector mm -hmm. to, to keep us, like, I don't know, in, in some sort mm -hmm. of safe place. Absolutely. And, you know, and wisdom does that too. Wisdom is always guiding us, even if we're not aware that that's what's happening. Yeah. So, like you said, you know, sort of, even sort of relationships we get these triggers again. So if somebody's been through an abusive relationship, they'll be on high alert for triggers, consciously or unconsciously, yeah. that will remind them of something that's happened to them before. 
that they think and believe is to keep them safe. Yeah, and and no matter and and then it makes sense that we weren't designed to be on high alert for for more than what do they say thirty minutes a day or something. Yeah. You know, the design of the system to to be in that sort of state. So. If we've got this belief system that relationships are going to be hard work because of what happened or we can't handle relationships or we're not good in relationships, we constantly bring that yeah. to the relationship. So no wonder relationships seem like they're hard work. Yeah, absolutely, Amanda. Absolutely. And within that as well, the minute that we kick off that fight or flight response, we're kicking off an inflammatory response. And that inflammatory response, the stress response, is the body's way of getting us to do things quickly. <clears throat> but we don't need it to go on all the time. Yeah. But what happens is people live in that state of fight or flight. And then they end up with chronic stress. And with chronic stress comes chronic inflammatory diseases, which usually mean people end up with all sorts of comorbidities that they're living with that have been caused by living a stressful life that has been innocently caused by how they think the world works. And, and, and it makes sense to me, Jackie, why people reach out for alcohol or, or, yeah. or, or you know, um, pills or whatever it is, or from a young age, you know, they, they sort of, you know, I see sort of sexual addiction playing out a lot innocently. It, it makes so much sense to me now, having mm -hmm. this understanding. And there's something actually you said there about when you talk about the brain not being, you know, fully formed until you're 20, whatever. That's why it is so dangerous for the children's so young to be taking so many mind-altering substances. Yeah. And when we talk about mind-altering substances, we're talking more about the, we're talking about the brain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so, so it gets a bit confusing, I think, sometimes, because we call the three principles mind, thought, and consciousness. But the word mind, often, people think we're talking about... The brain. The brain. Mm -hmm. right? so, yeah. Now, there's a, I understand there can be a bit of confusion there. I like to clear that up when I'm talking about what we would talk to as divine mind. Mm -hmm. um, or you know that that's important for me because we hang on the words right even when we tell people not to <laughs> what we've all done so it's um it's there but yeah when people you know they say all oh, children are gonna find a way to buzz it out i don't we it makes sense to me or or young adults or, or grown adults look for this something beyond what we're creating inside because that feels stressful so it makes perfect sense to me that this idea of mm. this idea of like is there is there something more than this going on that's why people go and trip out mm. you know and i did my fair share of all that stuff when i was traveling as experiences i never had um i was very lucky i didn't have I don't know, a pull to a substance to become addicted. And I had an amazing experiences, but that's what they were, were experiences. So I think seeing that teenagers and young people are going to be experiencing these kind of things. But when they, you know, when people take too much of this sort of brain-changing chemicals like marijuana or alcohol at such a young age, you know, it, it affects the brain. The brain has to 
just has to deal with that and do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to see why we get how we get pickled. You know, we get ourselves in a little pickle. Yeah. And when you break it down, Amanda, really all people are looking for is a different feeling. And that's the and that's the truth of it. So when they have believed innocently that the feeling came from the activity or the drug that is unhealthy, it would make sense that because that's not really it's fake, it's a fake little lift or a fake little thing. It makes sense that suddenly the the good or this happy side effect from that wears off very, very quickly and then they have to take more of it and eventually it just doesn't work anyway. Mm. So what was the apparent answer, like let's say alcohol, to an apparent problem like loneliness mm. or insecurity? What, what we're doing is we're drinking ourselves into, into loneliness again. So what, what, you know, the alcohol in the beginning might have felt like, a, like the answer, the solution. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly that's the problem. Yeah. You know, or, or whatever, that's just a substance. But it's the same as an unhealthy habit that we have. It doesn't have to be a substance. Habits and addictions are so interesting for me mm-hmm. because we've all got them. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. I, think, I see my thinking play out with sugar more than anything else. Right? So it's easy for me. I can give all the stuff up if I'm looking at health-wise or if I'm doing a bit of a clear out. But where my thinking plays out over biscuits, cake and chocolate <laughs> is where I see it more than anything else these days. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're smiling when you're talking about that because this is the this is the key thing, isn't it, Amanda? Is that we take these things so seriously. And if we could just look at it with a sense of lightness, a sense of humor, that we're innocently misunderstanding our experience in the moment. It's so clever, Jackie. It feels so real. Like mm-hmm. the design of it is so clever. And yet I'm still in the game because I'm human. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why this podcast is called Unashamedly Human because it doesn't matter. You know, I, I have lots of, of global teachers of this understanding on and it doesn't matter whether you've come across this yesterday or you've been in and around this understanding for 40 years. You're human. There are moments in your life where you're going to see this clearly and there are moments that you're not. We all have blind spots and the gift of life is uncovering those blind spots and evolving and learning about who you're not as much as who you are. Yeah. Who do we think we are? (laughs) Exactly. It does. It just cracks me up. It's lovely. And I'm so pleased that you're bringing iHeart to Spain. I think that's wonderful. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got, you know, there's a few projects going on. It's all, it's all happening at the moment. I'm really excited for that too. And excited for somebody else to probably, you know, I, I speak Spanish like from being here 13 years, but I'm not fluent. So I'm not, I'm not the lady to bring it into the Spanish system. Mm-hmm. I will, that will be one of the others because mm-hmm. it just feels like that doesn't, the energy doesn't feel there. Um, I don't. I can't express myself as well as I'd love to in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge opportunity there for somebody to. Yeah, but there's also sort of the English-speaking community, oh, yeah. and you know, yeah. and and they are beautiful. 
Yeah. Oh, so there's so much here in the expat community and um, up and down the coast. So that's so ex that's so exciting. Um, and and I'm also excited that there's um we've got the first three principles addiction and recovery conference happening. Yes, I was going to mention that. Yes, with Joe Bailey and Amy Johnson and Christy McNeil. And I was going to ask if you were involved. So I am excited that you are. Yeah, and I'm 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 head of the fun committee. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so lovely being part of the planning committee there, and um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking there on one of the panels with Joe Bailey about the health of the helper, I think, or something like that, and bringing one of my clients with me also to the beautiful. Has had quite a transformation, and mm -hmm. seeing how you know what he believes was was an introduction, not even an introduction to the principles, not even a well, here's what the three principles are just being welcomed with pure what he would call love and care is what helped him to settle down and i don't think that i don't think that we even talked about what i talked about in the first month mm. so it's just an interesting story of of hearing for the first time that he wasn't broken mm. and someone was in the, like a serious high mm. depression um isn't that amazing? It is. Amanda, can you tell people a bit about it, about the conference? So it's between the 14th and 16th um, of, of um, May, and it's going to be in um, St Paul's in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is actually the home of, uh, they call it the home of recovery, because I think the 12th step, there's more sort of, mm -hmm. you know, 12 step, uh, I don't know if the 12 step, is that where it was first? I don't, I'll have to look up the history actually myself, but I know that they call it the, the home of recovery. So um, there's a huge opportunity there for the local people to be invited. But I know that there's people flying in, mm -hmm. so it'll be an international conference and the first of its kind to be solely um, um, pointing towards how this understanding is so helpful and the crux behind transformation and recovery so that's cool and it's so wonderful to be a part to be a part of yeah it's lovely and to i've never met joe bailey or amy johnson in, in person but all the other wonderful speakers you know and uh, um that would be really really nice so mm -hmm. yes it's great to be the, on working with the other side of the pond peoples like you do jackie yeah. <laughs> i know you've had um I was speaking with, I had Del here. Del was at my house the other day, and I know she's visiting you soon. Del, Lady Jones, and Jack, and Judy Sedgman, and you've got mm -hmm. some coming up themselves. And Absolutely, you know, it's 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 lovely to collaborate, and I love hearing of people collaborating, especially when it it's going to move something forward. Amanda, you know, so I love that you guys have got together and you're talking about recovery. You know, I, I love that, and you're all coming with your own experience and your clients experience and your patients experience of that you know and there's fantastic work happening with um with ex-military on ptsd which is just amazing yeah. there's incredible work happening on anxiety i'm doing a lot of work looking at sort of anxiety and depression you know and and there's just so many people pulling things together but it's interesting you know you saying sort of the iheart program is is where you see your calling my calling is definitely young women it's women it's women of all ages um so it's, it's the whole gamut i get a lot of young women coming to me or their parents coming and they're they're having 
misunderstandings around eating. So they've got eating disorders or they've got, they're self-harming or they're anxious or they're depressed. And I love, love, love working with these guys. I really, really do. Because when they see the innocence of how they're creating their experience in the moment, to watch their faces light up and realise through no fault of their own, they've just misunderstood something. How, I mean, wouldn't you love to have heard this when you were... Oh, geez, yeah. You know, it would have saved me a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, but but at the same time, there's been a lot of learning. That's what I always say to people. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard it. And I I did hear it in my late 20s, but I didn't know it was the principles. You know, and I was brought up, my dad lived from this space. Again, I didn't know that's what this was, you know. But I'm grateful for all of my experiences because all of my experiences have made me who I am today. And because of that, I feel more able to help other people. Yeah. And, and why would we want it? To, I mean, we say that, right? I wish I'd heard this in my 20s. And we wouldn't want to change our experience because it's made us who we are. We wouldn't have the stories today to be able to relate to people. Blah, blah. But like you, Jackie, my dad lived from this space. And I, there was a time in my life where I thought he was quite cold because he didn't get caught up in any drama. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a bit cold until I saw, oh my goodness, that is like wisdom in action. And, and, you know, seeing that was always around and, and seeing that, yeah, he just kind of used to very often point to just, well, why don't we sleep on it? Let's see how that looks tomorrow. Yeah. So I hear someone like Dick and Betty just say that, like, oh my goodness. And then it's like, oh my God, my dad used to say this stuff. Yeah. And I thought he was not, you know, I didn't think he was this way, looking in this direction at all, you know, ever. But it's in us already. It's not like we have had to have heard about it. Mm-hmm. For, me, for, for me, what it did was, it gave me a vocabulary to use, yeah. to share with other people what I had been trying to share <laughs> about love, because I saw this oneness and this love and had this amazing, like, um, when I get that feeling again, like, but it used to, I used to think that feeling came from the relationship with that new guy or whatever it was. So it gave my power away. So, seeing then of course if you think that wonderful thing comes from that you want to be in that wonderful relationship you know and 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 if you think that that feeling comes from somewhere where you feel like you need to be in that situation circumstance or event or with that person because it comes mm-hmm. from you. so it's not it's not that we we don't already have this inside of it. it's it's working perfectly for me it was a, it explained what was already working yeah yeah me too me too and it explained what wasn't working <laughs> but it, it, it's um still i've got the pull to to share it and or i've got the passion to share it you know it's sometimes i think like why don't you just back off trying to know, talk about it on the radio talk about it on your on your YouTube channel, talk about here, but but the, the pull is there for me, like you yeah. to, do, to do these kind of calls and and share it, and I I love it, I love mm-hmm. sharing it. And you share so beautifully, Amanda. Well, bless you. Thank, Thank you. you for being a guest on the Unashamedly Human podcast, and um, we'll make sure that we put details of the conference you're speaking at um, on the the show notes so that people can 
can check in and see if it's something that's relevant to them and they would love to that, take part in. That would in. be amazing. And I think all the details, the website's due to be up and running the end of this week or early next week. Perfect. Thank you, Amanda. Jackie, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Lots of love to all. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Hey, you could be larger than life. Cool.